absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and while keeping intact with social distancing, I've got my man, Scott, a little bit more than six feet away. He's a few hundred miles. Scott, what's the good word? Uh, how you doing, everyone? Uh, talking to you live from, uh, you know, coronavirus New York, and we're doing okay. You're literally in the epicenter of the state with the most cases in the U.S. right now. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds about right, because New York would always be uh, at the epicenter of most things that are not good. Uh, what's, what's the vibe like around where you live? I know you're not that far from the city that's experienced a lot of cases, but is it impacting your area? Um, I mean, there's, I think maybe a handful of cases in the County that I live in. Uh, I work in Westchester County, which is literally the epicenter of it. Um, but there's two Westchesters, there's Northern Westchester and Southern Westchester. Uh, Northern Westchester is kind of like there's a you know a few cases whereas southern westchester is really the the true heart of it all in new york gotcha gotcha yeah i mean it's it's not a situation uh, to be taken lightly and it's not something that you know anybody wants and everybody wants it to resolve quickly um so just do your part you know all the recommendations we don't have to tell you it's common sense crap honestly just be smart about it stop being a moron and uh and get it done uh, I'm actually going out to play some golf today, Scott. Golf courses in PA are closed. All non-essential businesses are closed, but we got a little nine-holer. Um, I called it a rinky-dink course, but honestly, it's been my salvation these last 10 days or so that that I've been off. And so what they've done in order to make it an open course is they've taken away all workers, all employees. There is literally an old-style mailbox in the door, you know, a slot. You put the money in, you walk on the first tee, that is it. There's no tee markers. Um, There's flags that they leave up all winter long, and those things are basically, like, cemented into the ground nowadays. Some of the cups are popping out. Some of them are not. Uh, The greens have sand all over them because I guess they were top-dressed in November and still didn't come back. And it's just a place to swing the club and kind of walk around and, and hang out a little bit. So Tyler, the creator, D. Lou, and I are going out. And doing a little informal leave the pin meetup. But uh, I'll tell you what, buddy, I'm not positive. I wish I could say, but I'm not positive when golf is going to return to the masses again. Um, what's the good word by you as far as courses being open, accepting tea time, stuff like that? So I, I was just just taking a look at some of the the local courses, social media. There's nothing on there about them being either open or closed. Uh, I do know one course is running a shotgun today, um, which started at 10 o'clock. They, I kind of feel like they don't, they do their own thing to begin with. Um, I know another course kind of went to the honor system, uh, like the one that you you described, um, but their bar is still open for takeout. Uh, And when I say their bar is open for takeout, you can drive up there, grab yourself a a beer and a to-go cup and drive away with said beer in said to-go cup it's uh it's interesting to me that a course would do a shotgun start only because that brings so many people together i know 
by us. Dan and I joked because his home course sent out a three-page COVID-19 response. And basically, it was everything from we're wiping down carts on the hour to wiping down everything on the hour to one person in the pro shop at a time to tea times being spread out to 20 minutes apart and you know all this stuff. I'm going to get into some things that are, that are happening in golf now to kind of protect people. Um, some of it seems a little bit overboard. Honestly, I'm not going to lie, but uh, some of it seems like common sense stuff. And and my whole thing is golf, as far as any sport is concerned, is the one sport that you literally can play and still keep your social distance, not make any contact with the other person. Um, it's very easy to stay away from people and to, to quote unquote, you know, isolate yourself while still playing with other people on the course. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, even so, let's hypothetically say you and I were going to go meet somewhere and play golf today. You know, we, we were going to pull up in separate cars. We're coming from different spots. Right. Um, we'd probably walk. So that right. means we're, we're really only touching our own clubs. Uh, or if you, have, you know, you bring your push cart, you're really only touching your own push cart. And there's a golf course so there's plenty of room to kind of keep your you know six you know or ten foot distance and worse comes to worse you hit you know a couple shots next to each other so you go hit your shot you walk somewhere else i'll go hit my shot uh you could even theoretically do that on the greens and there you go problem solved Uh, the other thing is the other thing is there's literally no reason to touch the pin because you can leave the pin and you know everyone can stay on brand i uh the the one thing i am enjoying is everybody sending us pictures of of leaving the pin in and and not removing it and all the courses that are saying hey man like just just leave the pin even courses are sending us dms of hey look what we're doing and i want to go over some of those things now uh, that golf is doing out there in order to keep these courses open longer. Because the bottom line is you want to keep away from people and you want to minimize any contact between individuals. So here are some things golf courses are doing that you may have seen, you may have not have seen if you've been living under a rock and don't get out on golf social media. That's fine. So one of the things they're doing is they're putting like three-inch cut pool noodles or PVC pipes into the cups. And that basically allows the ball not to fall all the way to the bottom Therefore, you're grabbing the ball and then not grabbing the flag stick, right? Pretty ingenious and and, and simple idea. Uh, Talamore sent me a picture of them doing that. Pinehurst was doing it, et cetera, et cetera. You mentioned, I mentioned the cash box. I think that is beyond ideal because you can have an employee come in the morning and collect the money, and then that's all you need. Now, let's be honest. Most parts of the country right now, the grass is not growing. We don't need people out there. I know for my people in California and the Southwest and, you know, even the Southeast, uh, you do need people to cut. But you know what? Then if you have a cash box, you close the course for one day a week, you cut, you tell people, hey, look, we don't have all the employees. The conditions are not going to be perfect right now. And and honestly, it doesn't matter. Like I'm playing on green, Scott, where the ball is going to literally bounce up in the air two to three inches over these rivets, and, and I could care less because I'm out playing golf. And I think that's the bottom line. People want some sense of normalcy during this time, and and golf is a way to give people that normalcy. 
Right. And, and you can do that and still be practicing, you know, what is healthy and safe for everyone. Right. Here's just, one of the, just as a, a real quick, we, we, we had kind of talked about it. Um, so, uh, a good chunk of the courses around here are open and have seriously discounted tea times. And that's another positive. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, like, like there's a course around here that, you know, obviously it's four o'clock, so that's later, but you can go out and play nine, um, for $15. And that's usually probably like a $40, $40 round. Right. And that's, that's one of the ideal things. Now, you and I have played some super nice courses. We have played some goat tracks. And the bottom line is I don't consider us course snobs. So in in the long run, I would love if this kind of lent itself to maybe less course conditioning, maybe the browning of some courses, maybe just letting some of the rough go, maybe not keeping green super fast, you know, that slow down rounds as much of an awful thing as this is, and will continue to be for, for, for some time, for a few months, I feel like golf coming out the other side may actually be stronger with some of these innovations that are going on. Here, here's one that I want to talk about, which I love, which Dan and I, D. Lou and I, experienced when we played last week. And it's not because the course did it on purpose, but other courses are. It's because of basically the conditionings of the course and the freezing and thawing of the greens during the winter here in Northeast PA. The cup was about an inch out of the ground, almost like you were putting to mm -hmm. one of those little pins that you stick into a, a putting green. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and, actually that's a good idea. Yeah, and and therefore, as long as the ball touches that cup, it's considered hold. Now, in the real world, if you just clip the edge. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It wouldn't go in, right? But it made me so much more of an aggressive putter. And then I was able to take the line out of it because I didn't have to worry about speed. I just went right at this pin because it seemed so much more inviting when it was sticking up an inch in the air. And I'm not saying it's going to catch on. But just if, if I putt like that for three, four months now, Right, and let's say this is the only course that I play because the only thing that's going to open in PA, and I, I putt like that for three, four months. I feel like it's going to make me so much of a better putter and so much more aggressive because I tend to die the ball at the hole. So knowing now that I can just go after it and and attack the pin, I mean, again, I feel like I can score better. So that's one of the things that I really liked. They're eliminating rakes, right? They don't want people touching rakes or flag sticks, and they're having people just kind of rake it over with their foot. Um, honestly, Scott, that's how most amateurs probably rake a trap. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like most people don't really know how to rake the, the traps properly anyway. So, again, like, he, here's the thing, right? If you walk into a, 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 a trap that hasn't been raked, right, and your ball is, like, stuck in someone's footprint or in, in their their you know the the damage they caused with their club like how often do you actually play from that spot or do you just kind of like give yourself a nice kind of flat lie try and make it like you know covered with sand similar and just go from there right exactly exactly and and you know what the bottom line of all this too becomes is the fact that we're getting around the course quicker 
because we're not pulling the flag stick out. We're, we're not worrying about raking bunkers and almost turning them into actual hazards, right? I mean, think, think of like on the tour or your top end course, you've got these things raked out to perfection. And a lot of times you and I know, and, and pros have told us this, that guys will aim for the bunkers, right? That's their right. miss. Their miss is to aim for the bunkers because they know they're getting an amazing lie in it and everything's perfect. So all this does is, is make it more of an actual hazard. Um, I like that courses are spacing out tee times. I hate, one of my biggest pet peeves, Scott, is I cannot stand courses that do these eight-minute increments. And it's like I get to my tee ball, and all of a sudden there's a group like ready to tee off. And, and from the first hole, you feel like you're holding someone up. So now courses are doing 12, 16 minutes, kind of taking a little bit of hit on the profit, but knowing that if we can stay open, people are going to come to us because of everything that's going on in the country. Yeah, exactly. And and so the the tea time gapping, like I, honestly, I, I don't think people realize that actually ends up causing more of a, a slowdown on the course. So oh yeah, you God, get that yeah. you get that extra group out there, but now you have an extra group out there. So now even though you're, you know, you're like, okay, well, every eight minutes, whatever, we're getting a group out, like, yeah, that's great on the first tee. But you know, that that you know, par five will always end up with a a little bit of a backup, and then there's going to be a par three where, somewhere along the line where there's three groups waiting on the tee. I, I would love to see a long extrapolated study where a course keeps 15 to 20 minute increments, okay, um, and the customer feedback based off that. Now, I'm going to give you an example from the course where I range at over at Hideaway Hills. That is a course that is very difficult for first-timers, a lot of elevation changes I've talked about on the pod a ton. Um, you've got people coming out playing five and a half hour rounds. Mm -hmm. You've got people coming off the course completely pissed that they spent that long out there, even five hours out there, which is extremely too long. And our pace of play is 430, 445. And that is slow pace of play. But I can tell you it happens to be a course that if you are playing at that pace, it doesn't feel like you are playing slow. Five, fifteen, five and a half, yeah, now you're waiting, and that sucks. So I wonder how many customers coming back with a positive thought when they leave the course, how much money is that actually worth in the long run? Because I know for a fact, Scott, you and I have walked mm -hmm. off courses and said we are never coming back to this goat track again because we just played in 545 and waited on eight tee boxes because you know we were being held up by the second hole and we're being pushed from behind by the third hole. Yeah. First of all, that's definitely true. Like at that, that becomes one of those like, okay, yeah, I'm not coming here again. Cause it's always going to be like this. Exactly. Even though the starter is like, it's never this fact. Yeah, sure. It is dude. Um, I've experienced the, the every half hour tea time. Um, now mind you, it's a, you know, it's, it's shadow Creek. So, so you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing okay for themselves. Yeah, I think um, that's a little I, bit different than your well, local muni. <laughs> yeah, so, but here's the thing with, with that, and the, they're, the reason they do that is because they want you to have that, you have this course to yourself, uh, you know, mindset as you're out there. And I, I remember very vividly, after I hit my, after I hold out on the 16th hole, the, the caddy looked at me and he's like, 
I'm so sorry. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, we're going to see another group on 17. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah. He's like, it's just you out here. They're, they're a threesome. He's like, you're playing really quick. And I, I, I'm so sorry. He's like, I, I should have slowed you down somewhere. And I was like, it's, it's really okay. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, I, I, I'm positive. Now, mind you, Charles Barkley was in the group ahead of me, but whatever. Yeah, I, it's uh, a little bit different of a concept, but one that definitely could work. Uh, obviously, not every half an hour, but but honestly, I mean, a lot of courses are putting guys out, girls out, juniors out every eight minutes. And that's insane. Now, just take, for example, if you walked. We all hit our tee shot. There's four of us, right? Eight minutes later, someone is up there and, and ready to tee off. And mm-hmm. it's not like seven minutes and 59 seconds they get up to the tee box. They are on that tee box as soon as you leave. And they are watching yep. you. And you have that feeling of, oh, I got to rush and, and hit my second shot because there's already people on the tee box. Uh, that sucks. Nobody likes being rushed. And no one likes waiting. So if, not, if for nothing else, if we can get out of this, you know, if we can get out of this alive as far as, you know, golf and a sport goes and come out the other side stronger. And one of the positives is places see that they can survive and increase customer value and a customer appreciation of the course by increasing distance between tee times, then I am all for that. Yeah. The other thing with, with what you just mentioned is when the group behind you is riding. Correct. So, so, and that's the thing. If you're going to go to eight minute tee times, either make everyone ride or don't let anyone ride because when you end up having that mix it just creates all sorts of, of problems. Yeah, and, and in the long run, a, a semi-decent golfer, a 100-shooting golfer, will walk the course, most courses, if they are set up to walk, faster than someone in a cart because you don't have to stay on the path, um, there's some cut-acrosses, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you have a course like you know my home course at Hideaway where you're not even allowed to walk due to insurance reasons, um, mm-hmm. there's no way someone could walk that course in under six and a half hours. And people are probably sitting at home now going, okay, Dan, you're exaggerating. I'm not. Some of the green to tee box drives are half a mile, you know, a yep. quarter mile. And, and, and it's, uh, it's uphill, it's downhill. A cart is inevitably a faster way to go. However, if you had an 18-hole course, 65, 6,600 yards, that's relatively flat. The holes are in pretty close proximity to each other. You can walk that faster. And a p- great point, we uh, Dan and I played, D. Lou and I played last week. Uh, yeah, I guess it was last, well, this week, actually, earlier in the week at, at Indian Mountain. And on one of the holes, the first four holes play out, back, out, back, before you climb the hill to the backside. And on one hole, he was smack in the middle of the fairway, about 130 yards out. So he took a nine iron, a wedge, a putter, and the driver for the next hole and left his bag. And was able to walk unencumbered, you know, 130 yards to the green and then 50 yards up to the next tee box and then 250, 270 yards back down to his bag again. Uh, I love that. You know, that is ideal for me. Now, someone within a cart, they've got to drive all the way around the outside. They've got to take the cart path all the way up to the top. You know, they got to park it, they got to get out, then they got to go all the way back down and circle the green again and then circle the tee and come back down to where they are and stay on the path. And it's just, you sit in the cart, you lose the feel, you lose the flow of what's going on. 
But like you said, if places are going to split and allow some walking and allow some carts, throw an extra two, three minutes in. You know, I, I, I hope people get the sense that being locked in and, and being quote unquote quarantined and having to spend time with your family is not the end of the world. For some people, maybe it is if their life sucks. All right. I mean, that's just that's on you. Make your life better. But the bottom line is, I hope courses will see that. You know what? Maybe it's not worth the extra five grand we make a year. You know, may, maybe this point in time, people will start to realize, like, you know what? It's not really all about money. I could have all the money in the world, and I'm still stuck inside. I'm still sick. I can't prevent it with money. You know? I don't know. Maybe right. that's a naive way of thinking, and maybe that's an overzealous way of thinking. But I would love if, if golf comes out the other end stronger. Well, and it's not an overzealous way of thinking because, like you mentioned before, there are courses that I, I will never go to again because of the experience. But that experience has been on a weekend. So uh, during the week, that place may literally not be that packed. But people like me who have you know plenty of time during the summer in the middle of the week to go play golf, if I'm turning you know if I'm turning my car around to go somewhere else because I know I don't like this course. Maybe if I had a better experience that one time, I I wouldn't turn my car around, or I would, or I book it that that tea time when it comes up on one of those tea time websites. Yeah, I mean, you know, yes, I agree, Scott. It, it, it's like life, man. Everything mm -hmm. is about first impressions, and if your first impression on a course is being pushed from behind and then speeding up just to slow down and and wait at the next tee box then your chance at making a good first impression is completely ruined. Yep. So it's all good. All good. Um, hey, some other things that are going on, which, you know, um, the coronavirus situation has has prompted. The Finally, everyone was worried about what, what's going on with the OWGR, the official world golf rankings, and, uh, and the Rolex women's world golf rankings. And they finally finally came out and said we're going to put a pause on that. So their official statement they made, they made it Friday morning, yesterday morning. They said the official World Golf Ranking and Rolex Women's World Golf Rankings will be paused until further notice with professional golf currently inactive due to the global threat posed by COVID-19. That is it. They gave us nothing else. Fair. So Rory McIlroy is number one sort of indefinitely right now. Yeah, I mean, right now in, in perpetuity, it's it's Rory. Um, Do you and, think and, and he, what, he sleeps soundly at night, like knowing that someone's not going to catch him, like like dude, the, I think you know, like the uh, the seventy two dolphins? Yeah, yeah, he sleeps soundly at night, no matter what. But that's uh, true. It, it's one of those things where I mean, I don't know why it took so long for them to come out with this statement. I mean, everything. It, it, literally everything is canceled. There's no professional golf, although there is a mini tour going on in Arizona right now for the women. I'm not sure if it's legally going on, but Vegas has odds on it because it is the only tour event going on at all. Uh, but it's not sanctioned by any of the big organizations. Uh, Scott, there's no PGA Tour. There's no Champions Tour. There's no Latino America, no McKenzie, no China, no Corn Ferry Tour, no LPGA. Like, why, why did it take till Friday morning when literally 
a third of the season was canceled a week ago. Um, I honestly, they probably didn't even think about it. Yeah, you're probably right. It it was probably like one of those like, okay, well, no one's playing golf. And then someone was probably sitting at a computer going, hey, you know what? The way our system works, if we just automatically keep this going, the rankings are going to change. And then someone's like, oh, we should probably shut that down. Well, right, because it's it's this rotating schedule where weeks drop off and new weeks come on. But right. what what's coming on to your rankings when there's no golf being played? I mean, someone should have had the foresight. They didn't. It, it's whatever. It, it's a common sense thing, which I don't think even needed to be announced. But obviously, you know, you have to say something about it. Um, well, one of the cool things that that huh, I don't want to say cool things that came out of this. Everything sucks. OK, like that's the bottom line. If you'd love golf. It all sucks right now, right? Let's let's just be honest. But a few of the interesting things that have come out. Uh, Jay Monahan just said that he is going to forego his salary. Um, hmm. He is giving it up. Basically, he's due about three point seven million, and that's kind of with everything, um, you know, that that comes with running the organization. And all the guys, the executive vice president's level, those in like the C-suite level and stuff, they're agreeing to a 25% salary cut for for this year. Um, not sure where the money is going to go, but Jay did say that, hey, look, like like I'm I'm very well compensated. I love this tour. I'll do anything for it, and this is the first step I'm going to take. Uh, I bet you some of that money has to go back to some of the title sponsors. I and really wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, um, and like, oh. like FedEx is definitely not getting a return on their investment right now. Oh my God, no! But you would have to assume that when they signed, not that there was a clause for like pandemic disease, but there had to be some clause like, hey, just so you know, if by any chance. The tour gets canceled, and not that it has ever gotten canceled. So you don't need to worry, FedEx, but you're going to lose your money. And FedEx was probably like, yeah, dude, you guys have been going great for 70-plus years. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and in all honesty, I'm sure that there that agreement is in place. Um, but I kind of feel like it's one of those, like, you know, honor among thieves, like, FedEx CEO called the, you know, Jay Monahan is like, hey, just so you know. And Jay Monahan's like, yeah, yeah, I'm taking a cut too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's, that kind of makes sense. I wouldn't doubt. I wouldn't doubt, honestly. Um, it doesn't look good when you're making, let's say, almost four mil and your entire company is shut down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So again, it's you know there's, there's a lot of also, publicity stunts I, and PR that's coming out of this. I also think some of his salary is based on purses, um, on the, like the total purse of the tour, and which has right. obviously gone down. Uh, so I think maybe some of that is is also taken uh, taken into account. Yeah, no, I I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean. Uh... You, you got to think if you were supposed to be getting, let's say, you know, 15 million for an event um, spread out amongst everyone that's working on the event. And then all of a sudden, you know, you up and cancel two months of the season. Yeah, you, you got to put a little skin in the game, too. You got to show people you got to show your partners. You've got to show everyone out there that's working for the betterment of the tour 
that look, this is impacting me too, and and here you go. So I forego my salary. You're happy. I'm happy. Even though it all sucks, you know, we're good. Let's call it even. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it is what it is, uh, you know, on that point. Um, speaking of which, obviously, we have everything canceled now all the way through the PGA Championship. What do you think becomes the first event on tour? Because honestly, I'm looking long range and I'm looking at this being awful for golf. I think the first event on tour becomes the U.S. Open. Uh, definitely possible. And so the other thing is becomes the, you know, how quickly can they redo the schedule? Because, and, and hear me out on this one, yeah. if they could redo the schedule and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're scrapping the old schedule. Who can get going the quickest? We want to, we want to have a tournament on this day. Which, which course do you know? Could be ready to go tomorrow. Um. Whew. Well, obviously TPC. That's okay. the first. That's the first one that I think of. True, because everything's probably still sitting there. All the infrastructure's up. Uh, you're good to go. I, I guess I would look at. That wasn't courses. the one I was thinking. That wasn't the one I was thinking of. Okay. I guess what I would also do is I would look at courses that had just finished their events. So I look at at Bay Hill. Right, I look at Honda, PJ National. Look at those mm -hmm. courses that have had the infrastructure up there, that things haven't even maybe had the time to completely disassemble. But then I look into a little bit in the future, and I look at at courses and tournaments that are coming up right after the postponement. So I look at big time courses like Muirfield, uh, Jack, and, and then I look at at Wingfoot. You know, I think Wingfoot uh, today could host the U.S. Open. Or give it a week, you know what I mean? Hmm. Cut it down, get it to speed. But I think right now we, we could host it. You know what could open today also and and have the infrastructure in place to host a major tournament? And I use the word major very specifically. And would get a ton of eyes on golf right away. If, Go ahead, tell me. If, if they decided they were going to hold the Masters next week, Augusta would be fine. Okay. It could... But here's the thing. It needs to be within the next three weeks because mm -hmm. after after April 15th, Augusta's That's true. closed. That, well, to the public. No. Not to the, no. It, that's that's, the members, a, win, yeah, that's a winter course. Augusta is a winter course that is closed to everybody from the week after the Masters up until mid-September, weather depending. That hmm. is in October, November, December, January, February, March. Get it set, ready for April course. That is it. That's why there's all this talk about the Fall Masters, and we've got we've got you, places in and around Augusta canceling people's um, hmm. reservations for their hotel room. We've got the Green Jackets talking to all the different organizations around there, the civic groups, the schools, and trying to extend holiday breaks and fall breaks because I'm telling you, Scott, if you didn't hear it here first, I'm one of the people that's going to be saying it. There's going to be a Fall Masters. It's going to be in October. And, and yeah. whatever else is on the schedule at that point in time, uh, which is like, I don't know, like what, what do we have last October? We had that uh, Skins game in Japan, yeah. right? We, we have like the CJ Cup, and we have the Zozo Championship. 
So screw it. You think the PGA Tour cares about going over to Japan and China when they can, you know, partner up and, and say, hey, hey, Augusta, look, mm. we're going to adjust our schedule for you. You guys owe us a little bit, but, but we'll do that for you guys. I think True. the PGA Tour jumps at that chance. I was just thinking because the infrastructure there is all permanent. But you bring up a good point about the course itself. So now, now one of the things to uh, I threw on a little Instagram live. So hey to everybody out there, uh, golf in the South, buddy at Jacksonville said Augusta in the fall will be wild. So it's Bermuda and not ryegrass. So what's crazy is Augusta is that second shot course, right? It's easy to drive the ball, super difficult to score off your second shots, chip and putt. But when you know what's going on at Augusta. And once you've been there and you're a Tiger and you're a Phil and you're a, um, a Fred Couples, you know, guys that know the course inside and out, the course becomes easier. You know, the grains, you know, which way the things are going to break. Imagine playing on Bermuda and not the ryegrass and now the ball reacting completely differently. And you playing at Augusta, but basically you're almost playing at a completely different course because of the turf conditions. I mean, I think the 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 setup for it, the build up for it, with everything that's been going on here, especially if this lasts till July or so, would be epic. Like, I think it would blow television ratings away if you had mid October in Augusta, because because yeah, mid October on the on the schedule sucks right now. Right, and like, that's probably that well, it, it sucks. Oh, go ahead. It sucks because they don't want to go up against football. Well, but, right, and the only thing that made it good was Tiger winning last year. It's not like, it's not like the the golf itself was great. It was the fact that it was Tiger. We had him at the at the uh, the skins game, and then we get him winning. You know his his record tying event. That's the thing that made it good. Right. Yeah, and that's well, and so, you know, going back to you know bringing eyes to the to golf, you know, the Masters is probably the one thing that, you know, would. It, it, within golf that would take eyes away from football. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that. I don't even care what matchup you had. That would literally destroy the NFL that week, you know? Oh yeah. And who, well, and who knows? Maybe it does such big business that in an alternate reality in the future, the green jackets are like, uh, Hey, maybe we'll just move it to October, you know? And then this, this, pandemic blows up the entire golf world as we know it i don't know yeah i feel like it's staying in april but yeah so do i but you know we can always be conspiracy theorists if you want um and then okay so last major change and again major uh the lpga yesterday announces that the ana inspiration uh is going to be rescheduled for september 10th through 13th at Mission Hills. Now, originally that tournament is supposed to be April 2nd through the 5th, one week before the Masters. Now, they've postponed it and said it's going to be September. So that's very interesting because that's the first professional golf organization that has put a a definitive time for when they postponed an event. Now, just to juxtapose that, players is canceled. Valspar, which we should be talking about right now at Innisbrook and the Snake Trap, canceled uh wgc match play which you and i both love canceled the corrales punta cana which is the opposite field event for the match play that has only been postponed valero texas open canceled masters obviously postponed rbc heritage canceled zurich the walk-up music classic canceled wells fargo 
canceled. AT&T, canceled. And then again, the PGA says postponed. Scott, do you think we could get a reality in October where the Masters sets a date and they say, okay, April 12th uh, through the 15th is the Masters, and then the PGA says, hey, well, you know what? Um, There's a spot two weeks before it. Let's go. And then the U.S. Open has to be pushed back a little bit, so they go to, let's say, September or something, and the Open Championship says, you know what, we'll go late September, and we end up having four majors within, like, seven weeks or so. That could be amazing. It could it could be um, and or what could end up happening could be the players, meaning like the golf, the golfers, uh, you know, they get all we don't want to do that. That's a lot of, you know, pressure on us in in two months. Like that's too much to do. We can't deal with that. Uh, There are guys that are, are, are fickle, but if I'm a golfer, I'm going into this like, dude, I don't got to you know, taper and then prep and then get up four times a year. I just got to go on a hot streak for six or seven weeks and I could conceivably, you know, win the grand slam. I'd be all over that because these guys have all the time in the world right now. And if, if, if something's set in stone and they say, okay, look, we got two in September, two in October, mm-hmm. like, right. Like, like fight it out, go at it. Uh, it, it could be like a Royal rumble, you know, It'd be insane. Right. Well, and you know what? And and saying they're they're kind of used to doing that for the playoffs anyway. So, what if you what if you made that the playoffs? Run the four majors, and then at the end of it, someone gets the FedEx Cup. That's nuts. That's nuts. We got some ideas coming in on Instagram here. Um, change the Ryder Cup to Sawgrass, seventeen with a crowd would be sick. Um, and then Jason, uh, J Day, and LTP Creator are deciding whether they should watch us on Instagram Live or go back, go back and watch CKY videos. I'm gonna save you. Go watch CKY videos because you can always download, subscribe, and listen to Leave the Pin whenever you want. Yeah, that that's the way I would go to. Um, so th- I mean, it would it would be crazy, you know? I mean, it, it really could be absolutely insane the way the end of the year goes out. Uh, I think it's going to be absolutely insane. No matter, so, there's really, I, I don't see any way it wouldn't be. Now you, you made some picks in the beginning and I know Rory was your master's pick. If that goes to October, are you still choosing Rory or, or am I not allowed to hold you to it because with everything uh, that's going on? You know what? I said it, um, and and I and I said it again a few weeks later. I am going to ride or die for Rory on that one. Okay. All right. Well, we know he's probably still going to be number one when the time comes. I also I also predicted him to win the PGA. Okay. Okay. So Let me. I, 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 like I said, I am going to ride or die with him on that one. Um. You know, I also had, I think, Tiger and Spieth winning. Uh, I don't remember which of the two I had them predicted for. Um, but uh, those two I won't ride or die with. But I'll go with Rory for the PGA and for the, the Masters. Okay, very cool. I don't, care, um, I don't care when they hold it. Yeah, I understand. I understand. 
Now I didn't I didn't get your thoughts. I think I was thinking about this and then I kind of backtracked and went off on a tangent. Um, what do you think? What do you think honestly becomes the first event of the golf year? Uh, well, I, you did ask, and I and I thought they would run the Masters kind of at a weird time if they redid the schedule. Um, but I, I get what you're saying, and I, I might go with the U.S. Open. You, you might okay. be right. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I kind of feel like they might have to re rework the whole thing, though. Well, so like I know, can't look at a calendar now and be like, oh, well, they're gonna do you know the first tournament in June, which is the uh, you know what what is it? It's the well, the first tournaments in June. Yeah, so I can't say that the Memorial will definitely be running as the first the first tournament they get back if they start June first, because I don't know that the Memorial will be actually June first anymore or June fourth through the seventh. Yeah, I know, I know. And the thing is, with with you, you know, what's tough about having the U.S. Open as the first event is the fact that they've already canceled local qualifying. All that stuff is is done with. So it's like, where, do, when, and where do you even start up your qualifying for the U.S. Open? And if this postpones itself out even longer, do we even have time to run it democratically and get enough people involved for the U.S. Open to actually make it the U.S. Open? It wouldn't be run democratically. It would have to be, you know, people who are already exempt. Um, you pull in some more people off the the world golf ranking. So expand that out a little bit. And then maybe go back to some of the the, the people who qualified last year and say, listen, you know, we're, we're opening this up and you qualified last year. So guess what? You're back in this year. Yeah. Um, and, and then you have... The whole issue with people traveling and, and travel visas, and are we testing people before the tournaments? It's it's going to be odd. And then are we allowing fans at, at that point in time? I mean, think about the people that have already purchased tickets to the U.S. Open. I mean, there's there's tens of thousands of those that have been sold already, and people are literally sitting in limbo with them. So the the good news there is because uh, we we have media credentials i had tickets and i sold those tickets and i literally got those sold right before this whole craziness started a little insider trading scott no no, no i i had tickets and i sold them <laughs> on ebay <laughs> i bought i bought the tickets i mean i'm just not going to use them so i threw them up on StubHub pretty cheap and away they went and there you go. And you made someone else's day. So it's as uh, simple as that. Yeah. Um, and now, and now, by the way, all those tickets are like, uh, they're like way cheaper than I even sold them for. Oh, I mean, if, if, if I had the ability to actually travel to places right now, I mean, I don't think I'd, I'd stay at home. The airfare is so cheap and lodging is so cheap. Um, anything else for the good of the order, buddy, before we get out of here, you got any golf plans this week? Uh, no, what I will probably be doing is hitting, um, golf balls in my backyard. Uh, I was telling Dan before we started here, uh, I have a game with my daughter where I get, a I have a bunch of, you know, the foam practice balls and I'll have a, a range mat and I'll set that up in my driveway and, you know, put the, the balls down, hit those out to my daughter in the yard, uh, while she's holding the range bucket and try and get the balls in the bucket. I love it. And, and it's a little and, game for both of us. Yeah. And people, please, you know, make sure you heard Scott correctly. They're practice balls. He's not hitting real balls at his daughter. Are you there? 
All right, I think we uh, we lost my man Scotto. So, uh, you know, that's the end of it. We're good to go. And uh, like we say, stay safe, stay away from people, and either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Thank you.